This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 11 of the Animaniacast. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as you enjoy your podcast. There we go. I figured today, I'm in dying. honor, I figured today I would do. <laughs> Since we have a very French episode today, I thought I would do. A French introduction, sort of, for everybody. Welcome to the Animaniacast, everybody. My name is Joey, and this is a podcast where we talk about every single episode of the Animaniacs in the order in which they were released. Uh, We talk about all the gags, all the jokes, and all that stuff. And uh, with me, as always, is my brother Nathan. Bonjour! (laughs) And across the country is Kelly... Hello. Hello. Bonjour. Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> and today we are talking about two very funny episodes, two very funny cartoons, that is, uh, in episode 11, uh, No Pain, No Painting, and Le Miseranimals. Uh, this is an episode that originally premiered on September 27th, 1993. And real quick, what are your initial thoughts about this particular episode nathan it was enjoyable okay and <laughs> kelly what about you i liked it okay um well today had a very a, a different intro yes. a brand new one um it started off with the words how urbane how urbane which um confused me uh <laughs> which yes yeah, so you, you had to actually look at that you know um, by the way, on Netflix, they have to fix the uh, closed captioning on that. I was watching it today with closed captioning on, and they said, uh, droll, D-R-O-L-L, Urbane. So I don't know what that person was thinking, but it's how mm. Urbane. And for those of you who would like to know, uh, from grammatarist.com, Urbane. Urbane means having a suave manner, behaving as a sophisticate. In the mid-1500s, urbane meant pertaining to cities as well as having a certain polish and sophisticated manner. Urbane was also created from the Latin word urbanus, which in addition to meaning of the meaning of city life, also means having the refined manners of city people. Somewhere in the 1800s, the spellings and meanings of urban and urbane became differentiated. So there we go. We all like to feel very urbane sometimes, and sure, yeah, sure. Why not? How urbane? <laughs> yes, which the which ironically the the Warners are hardly urbane in any way. So there you go. <laughs> but today's episode, I suppose, has a little more culture than uh, than some of the previous ones in some ways, yeah. right? Uh, the first one is uh, dealing with uh, uh, Pablo Picasso. Of course, before we get to that, we have to talk real quick about. A new tower escape yes. that they had. Um, this one was kind of a cool, almost zen kind of uh, escape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Warners essentially uh, get out of the tower, and a giant bubble comes out from the water tower, and they 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 kind of all climb into it, and then it all it floats away as they sit in it with their legs crossed, and they just look kind of like little 
little puppy Buddhas or something yeah. floating through the little sky. Puppy children, llama, 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 llama. <laughs> so that was a cute little intro. Again, I always like these intros. Um, the the animation company who was heading up these uh these particular intros, I think, did a really good job at not only animating the Warners, but. Uh, I, I don't know. Just the quality is really good. So. Yeah, and trying to come up with different ideas for them to escape to, which is kind of yeah. It looks yeah. it looked cool. Um, Kelly, any thoughts on that? Just not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked cool. Uh, it was cool. Yeah. Let's move on to the first cartoon. No pain, no painting. Uh, this was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Alfred Jimeno, or Jimeno, or whatever, and Dave Marshall. And Nathan, what would you basically tell us about the synopsis? Uh, well, the Warners are in France. Um, they meet Pablo Picasso, and they are trying to audition to become models for his paintings, but he wants no more uh, dogs, well, or whatever they are. And <laughs> instead, they end up playing Guess the Picture, and mm -hmm. during the game, they leave a bunch of abstract art, and when the art critic comes in, he loves that art more than anything else Pablo has, so the Animaniacs end up making it for him for Frank's. Well, there we go. Yes, there's a lot of Frank's jokes in this one. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the Frank's and Beans were, were going around, and... Uh, yeah, it was a very cute episode. This is our, our second time we had a, uh, well, an intro that was very similar to a previous mm -hmm. episode. Did you notice? Do you know which one I'm thinking of? Cookies for Einstein. Yeah, right? Cookies yeah. for Einstein. In fact, I went back to uh, Cookies for Einstein. And it's the same. Frank Welker, I believe, is the narrator for both. And it, both this and uh, Cookies for Einstein start off with uh, in 19, you know, 1905. Okay. <laughs> actually. Bern, Switzerland, 1905. Home of cheese, clocks, chocolate, and neutrality. But mostly chocolate. Paris, 1905. Home of the Arc de Triomphe, the Eiffel Tower, and lots of French people. So the water, I don't know, maybe in this continuity, they went to Switzerland and then they went to France, perhaps. I don't know. It was know. in the same year. That's fine. Same year. They're going throughout Europe during this year. Ooh, ooh, it's kind of like the young Nana Jones Chronicles. You know what? They're at like different places at different years and meeting famous people. I was thinking the same thing, Kelly, because I know there's <laughs> that. I know that there's a, uh, at least one episode with Pablo Picasso on young Indiana Jones. It was um, Paris, 1908, I believe. Well, there we go. Just three years after the enemy. Not, not obsessed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, you know, yeah, I got to get all the young Indiana Jones on uh, DVD. Uh, you set. don't have them? I don't have them. I know. <gasps> I know. And I, and they're you great. You yourself a fan. I know. And they're great for educators, too, I know, because the special features on there are fantastic. You know, you know, in uh, my social studies class, I used to use um, some of the episodes uh, to help introduce World War One. The kids love them, so oh wow, yeah, they're yeah, great. they're really really educational. Yeah, and they're meant I mean, for. I, I learned tons of stuff from that show. I never learned in school. Yeah, well, they were. I know George Lucas actually kind of aimed his uh, audience towards that kind of middle school level because he thought mm -hmm. kids weren't getting uh, you know enough education around that uh, that time period. So there we go. So speaking of Animaniacs. No. <laughs> so yes, I knew. I'm glad you brought that up because I I did think that like Pablo Picasso, he was in Young Indy a few times. Yeah. So anyway, uh, very cool. So uh, Nathan, what did you think about this first uh, episode? What are some highlights for you? Oh, it was quite fun. I like seeing all the abstract art that the uh, Animaniacs were making, um, and I I liked all the French uh, jokes they were making with uh, wee wee and <laughs> wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> and uh pranks and things like that so yes well, it and, was enjoyable <laughs> and kelly what about you i liked it but i i watched it the other day because um to get ready for for recording the podcast and today i was trying to think what was that other segment on animaniacs besides les misery animals and i it took me a moment to remember it. So it, it didn't leave as much an impression on me, probably because I'm a real big fan of Les Miserables Animals. Uh -huh. And that one stands out yeah. um, to me from this mm -hmm. episode. But but other than that, I, I did like it. I thought it was cute. I, I liked all the jokes as well. And um, seeing Picasso's art, I studied him a little bit in school. And um, 
not so much a fan of his cubism, but but I liked some of the, his rose period and blue period and things like that. And he's oh. a very fascinating individual. See, I had no idea whatsoever that that actually had anything. It, like he talks about his blue period and his rose, his rose period, and I just thought, mm-hmm. okay, they're just making up stuff because he was showing um, uh, clown, you know, hobo pictures, of course, right there. Uh, which that clown actually has a name. Uh, he's he was an actual person. His name was Emmett Kelly. That That's was, what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Emmett Kelly clown. Yeah. He's, he's an Emmett Kelly clown pictures are all over the place. And, uh, yeah, so I, I had no idea I actually had a rose and, uh, and blue period. So there you go. Um, and of course he did not paint the, uh, the dogs playing poker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, um, yeah, he destroyed it in the episode. So no, that's why yeah, somebody else did had, do it. Those it dogs just... went down the street and then got painted by somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> so actually one of those, uh, cubist, uh, pictures is actually apparently a, a caricature of one of the producer, uh, producers. He's a producer slash director, Rich Aarons, apparently. To me, he kind of looked like Ringo Starr. Uh, and I kind of had flashbacks to Marge Simpson. <laughs> painting oh. Ringo Starr in all those different fashions and everything. I don't know. To me, I think of Pablo Picasso and his cubism, and I think of uh, how uh, some of his art influenced uh, the creators of the Clone Wars, and how there's like this big mural in Mandalore, and how it looks like uh, one of Picasso's paintings. His uh, his big was it Guernica? Uh, yeah, that's the one with war and stuff, like the people mm-hmm. crying and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all I think. I just immediately start every everything makes me think of Star Wars. So <laughs> why not Picasso as well? Um, by the way, there is I guess one kind of goof that did stick out for me because I knew that Pablo Picasso was Spanish, um, and he is speaking with a very French accent in this yeah. particular episode. So <laughs> he, the you know, one of the quote unquote goofs or possible mistakes of this cartoon is the fact that he probably wouldn't have had i don't think he had a french accent um but i don't well, know Well, he also would not be speaking english so yes. <laughs> um good point yes good point. uh we'll talk more about accents <laughs> a little later uh one other uh, cool little thing that i saw was um in the intro and i can't confirm this or, or not but uh, when the narrator is talking about having uh it's home to this 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 and lots of french people this uh one character on a bike rides by and it looked a lot like Jackie Gleason um from the honeymooners and uh various other things and i was going what is is that Jackie Gleason or is that supposed to be Peter Lorre or what's going on who is that guy it was too fat to be Peter Lorre so i was like okay it must be Jackie Gleason i guess so i went on to google and typed in Jackie Gleason in France and i think Whoever was designing that character was trying to go for Jackie Gleason in a, a movie called Gogo, G-I-G-O-T. And he was dressed up in brown. And uh, it was kind of like one of those, oh, serious films, you know, kind of thing. Like what the comedian is going to be a serious person for once. So I don't know. I can't if, I can not confirm or deny that because um, no one else made that connection but <laughs> but me. So. Nathan's pulling up the picture of him. What do you think? Yeah, I I could see that. It's just so quick, too. It's... He goes by very quickly, but he's just this big fat guy on a bicycle. And I kind of, you know, and I know that a possible illegal copy of uh, Gago is on YouTube. <laughs> and I scanned through. I didn't I did not have the patience to watch Gago, um, but I scanned through it and he's wearing a similar outfit. Uh, I did not see one shot of him riding a bicycle, though, so. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's a guy. I don't know why they would have shown him so fat, but there you go. Anyway, there's a few other uh, things that are going on. I, there, I really liked, um, I'll get to my favorite joke later because I've been thinking about it all week. Um, there's a line from this particular one, but, um, Dot was uh doing some twerking in this one, I think. She oh, was, yeah. <laughs> she's talking about, she has the buns. Is, will you go away if I give you some francs? I got the beans. I got the ketchup. I got the buns. Says you. Uh, uh, yeah, Yaka was not impressed by her. <laughs> yeah, she would, yeah. If you say so. <laughs> um, but the guess the picture game, when they get to that, um, to me, 
did that look like win, lose, or draw to me? Like the the old yeah. game. I used to come home and watch that uh, after school, and uh, <laughs> it was. Now there's so many uh, other shows that are they're re- renewing and stuff like that with uh, celebrities as hosts. Like what is that celebrity uh, a party or something on NBC? You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. You don't watch any of those? Well, there's Celebrity Party, and then there's uh, the show... Oh, see, I'm terrible, because now I don't know the names of the shows that I'm talking about, but ABC has a bunch of them, NBC, anyway. But when I know Jeopardy, that's about it. Yeah, you're like, I watch Jeopardy. I watch the real game shows, (laughs) like, you know, ones you have to challenge your brain. Meanwhile, (laughs) I'm watching uh, Match Game. That's what Alec Baldwin is in the new version of Match Game, which is, you know... Wacko was so happy he put his blank on his blank. You know, it's like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Put the blank. On Good night, his... everybody. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but anyway, uh, there were some. There's a few quick little references that kids today may not get. I mean, Dot is talking about uh, thinking the bull is Wilson Phillips, uh, who is, uh, of course, what is that? Carney, Carney Wilson, and and uh, the Phillips. I don't know. The, they sing something. They sing "Come Back for One More Day." Come back for one more day. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. They were in uh, "Bridesmaids" at the end of. That, oh, right? that's right. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Okay, and then <laughs> she says that guy in the Madonna video at one point, and I was like, "What guy in the Madonna video?" And there's so many guys in Madonna videos, but the when I'm trying to think of weird guys in Madonna videos. Uh, the first one that came to mind was probably in Justify My Love. There's a, like this guy in this unitard with long fingernails and he's w- waving his arms around or something like that. Um, it really kind of stuck in my brain because I know, uh, Wayne's World made fun of it later on Saturday Night Live. Huh. But so I was thinking, okay, we're in the early nineties. <laughs> we're in the early nineties at this point. Madonna, I'm going to guess that's Justify My Love. Uh, I will say right now to our longer, uh, younger listeners, um, don't watch Justify My Love. It's <laughs> too adult. Please don't watch that. I got in trouble for watching it when I was your age, so I won't get into that. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, and of course at the end, they actually do show some of uh, Picasso's real paintings right there, um, because Picasso is having them work. Yeah, so Picasso doesn't know how to do abstract art, I guess. <laughs> yes, he never figured it out, so, yeah. Keep up the good work, mes amis. We get paid in francs. The Warner Brothers were working on two real Picasso paintings. Uh, one of them was called uh, Portrait of Marie Therese Walter, uh, and the other one is The Sailor. So there you go. So we actually got to see some real art in this particular uh, cartoon. So there does that go. make us urbane? It does. Very yeah. urbane. <laughs> and some of the other ones, I was actually uh, surprised that the art wasn't real. Like when they were flashing past all the different things, like of the bull and of the, what is the, the guy yeah. waving outside the car wash? Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought those were real Picasso paintings, but I couldn't find any, uh, any, you know, evidence of them being real so i guess uh, hey they really at least the the people animating this episode knew how to capture his style for this Mm -hmm. particular one so that was cool anyway do you have guys have any particular favorite parts or lines or anything like that before we move on to les miseranimals uh the pp jokes (laughs) (laughs) yes definitely that that was my favorite line did you know there's pee-pee on your smock? Disgusting! Uh, <laughs> and it's such a stupid thing. Yeah, because which, why would Pablo Picasso have his initials right on his... I mean, he's just asking for it. Yeah. <laughs> so we should go. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Pardon? Wee oui, wee. Oui. Ugh, the stuff they're getting away with on kids' shows these days. You go to your room until you can clean up your language, young man. Uh, Kelly, anything for you? What do you... Any... Particular lines that might stick out. I I liked it when they went and told him that they'd be his models, and he's like, I, "I'm no more dogs." After the dogs playing poker, and like, "We're not dogs." And he's like, "Well, no more cats." And sort of that whole running gag of what kind of animals or or what are they? That kind of goes back to the, yeah. the beginning of the show, and uh, 
Um, I just thought that was cute. And of, of course, they kiss him a lot, too, because it's a European <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not cats. You are large bugs, maybe? No, we're, we're the Warner Brothers. Brothers. And the Warner sister. I'm Yakko. I'm Wacko. And I'm as cute as a button on a teddy bear's nose. It's a European thing. So, yes, a very, you know, very cute episode. And we got to see another historic figure that kids, you know, with, you know, could be their first exposure to Pablo Picasso right there. So that was kind of cool. Um, well, any other thoughts on this first cartoon before we move on to the second segment? Yes, not. Okay, Nathan's going, uh-uh. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's move on to segment two. <laughs> Kelly, the next one is Le Miserables, and okay. this is written by Diana Oliver and directed by Gary Hartle and Rich Ahrens, who I guess we have a, yeah, we had that picture of him last cartoon, so there we go. Uh, <laughs> what can you tell us about Le Miserables? Well, Les Miserables is a parody of Les Miserables, which is, it's a parody of the musical, which is based on a book by Victor Hugo. And it's um, really, really good. I, I really recommend if you haven't seen, I mean, if, if your only exposure to it is to watch the movie with Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, that's great. But the, the live show um, at the theater is really, really good. I've seen it several times. And and the book is really good, too. It's it's beautifully written. But um, Are there the, pictures in the book? No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. It, and it's like 1,500 pages. Wow. So. It's a long one. <laughs> it's really good, though. All right. Um, but the, the synopsis of, of this episode, it's a read and run story. And... Runt escapes from the pound and Rita's, she's, um, hanging out. I guess, I guess she's hanging out right outside of a restaurant with some other cats. And the restaurant owner decides he's going to use cats as meat for his pies. Mm-hmm. And she tells the other cats and they're like, no, no, it's awful. And Runt comes and, and tries to rescue her and that doesn't really go so well. So he <laughs> goes back and, gets a bunch of poodles and they come back and, and rescue them. And it's a musical. So we get to hear mm-hmm. Bernadette Peters, Peters sing, which is great. Yes. And, um, there's a lot of references to the, the songs from Les Miserables, uh, the musical. So they, they actually got a whole bunch in this one little short segment. Yeah. I'm surprised they actually had the, the rights to, to parody so many, yeah. I guess maybe that's the key is that it was a parody and perhaps that's mm-hmm. the, uh, the way they get around that. Um, well, now I have never seen, uh, I know of Le, Le Miserables, but I don't, I've never seen it. The movie, either, you know, either one of the movies. I know there was one mm-hmm. with uh, Qui-Gon in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Lee, Lee that, that one was, I mean, I, I love the Lee lightsabers Lee were a little much. It's not a good adaptation at all. It's not a good adaptation. Well, you know, it's, you know, why, what would they just change like the story too much? Is that the reason? Well, I've always been a fan of the character Eponine. Um, uh-huh. She's got a relatively small role, but she's sort of a, a love interest or, or she has a crush on um, uh, Marius. And she ends up, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, um, <laughs> she ends up sacrificing herself to save his life. So, you know, he can go on and live the next day to, to be with Cosette, you know, the love of his life. And it's just this sort of tragic um, story and how she's been down on her luck and, you know, still loves him enough to, to sacrifice her life. And, and she has this beautiful solo song. Well, it's actually more a duet um, when she's dying in his arms and in, in the stage play. And uh-huh. they completely eradicated her character in the Liam Neeson version. Wow. And I, it really disappointed me. Is, 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 is the ending happy to, to the story? I mean, does- for some people, yeah, it's, it's it's not sad for it's everyone. Bittersweet, I guess bittersweet. is the best way. The 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 main focus of the story, I think, is one of of redemption. Uh huh. And you know how you can make mistakes, and some people learn from them and move past them to to better their lives. Some people 
when confronted with, with the truth of who they are, can't, can't really live with that. Um, you know, and, and I will point out that, uh, at the beginning of this segment, Rita says, welcome to the French revolution. Yeah. And it's, it's common mistake, but Les Miserables takes place decades after the French revolution. Okay. See, I was wondering that too, because uh, the French revolution happened in like the 1700s, I believe, didn't it? Um, and this is in the, it's in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, nobody's dressing the same in this. <laughs> if they're trying to go for an accurate depiction of uh, the French revolution. Um, yeah. so yeah. So, um, well, again, Nathan, you've seen the the musical, right? Yeah, I've seen. Well, the 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 latest adaptation in the movie, right? The uh, the, the movie musical, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, what what similarities did you notice? I mean, because again, I'm I'm totally in the dark on this one. <laughs> uh, again, mo- like so many of the songs are pulled just straight out of the musical. Just uh, just the lyrics are funny or <laughs> just changed about. Yeah. So let's into the fork or yeah. Let's, so let's list these off. So it starts off with I come and bear. Uh, and then, uh, then it goes to at the end of my fork. At the end of my fork is an unknown food product. You miserable fool. That's a bit of sardine. If that's a sardine, then I'm the bloomin' my queen. Forgive us, but you'll go my Pfizer obscene. We want protein! And, uh, which is a, a parody of the tune At the End of the Day. At the end of the day, you're another day older. And that's all you can say for the life of the poor. It's a struggle, it's a war. And there's nothing that anyone's giving. When will they stand in the bounce? What is it for? And then it says, it goes to look at Rita. Hey, look, that Rita ripping up her fur. Think she's such a fancy one, just listen to her fur. Arrogant Rita, oh, so marvelous. All the precious kitty better than the rest of us. P.U. girl, you're odoriferous. Which is a parody of Lovely Ladies. By the way, the uh, there's two cats in there, um, Kitty Dukakis, <laughs> Cat Baloo, oh, yeah. uh, Kitty Dukak- uh, Dukakis. Do you know who? Kit- you remember Kitty Dukakis at all, Nathan? No, no, I didn't think you would. You, you, Kitty Dukakis was the uh, wife of. Uh, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting Dukakis's first name. He ran against Bush. Michael. And- Michael Dukakis. That's it wasn't. Yeah, it was Michael Dukakis. I was going to say David for a second, but that. Doesn't sound right to me. Anyway, Dukakis. <laughs> I'm going to say Michael Dukakis. He ran against Bush in 88, in the 88 election. So, yeah, Nathan, you would definitely not remember definitely, that. Definitely don't definitely, remember definitely. that. You were a baby. <laughs> Nathan was a baby in the 88 election. Definitely, definitely election, a baby. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so that's Kitty Dukakis. Uh, and then Cat Baloo, I had no idea, but that was Jane Fonda, uh, Western slash comedy, uh, apparently when when Jane Fonda was really smoking hot and stuff. So there you go. <laughs> and uh, there's another a cat apparently named Kitty Litter. So uh, there you go. And of course, one of those kittens looked kind of like a, kind of like Figaro to me, like from Pinocchio. Didn't it to you at all? You noticed that? Yeah. 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 Just a little bit. The one that uh, tells everyone that they're going to be eaten. Yes. That one looked like Figaro to me. Anyway, uh, then it, uh, there's a, one called uh, My Flat in Gay Paris. I know a flat where I can nap Safe on a chair or in a lap I won't end up in a recipe Not in my flat in Gay Paris Which is the big song that uh, Rita sings, uh, which is a parody of Castle on a Cloud. Uh, 
is that like the is that like one of the big I, I had to guess is that like one of the big uh songs that the um uh, it's not one of the biggest it's okay. one that Cosette uh sings as a child but and it's sort of that you know, I I guess it it's it's a common kind of Disney type song like oh this is what I dream of and this is what I want out of life and and that kind of song so it, it's sort uh, of her hopes and dreams when she's a poor miserable little child the somewhere some some somewhere out there out there no some, some, something like that someday <laughs> my prince will come yeah something all that stuff uh Part of your world that's the one yeah uh and there's a song called rita runt rita glad i found you safe and sound runt where the blazes have you been rita doing straight time in la pound Which is going to the tune of Red and Black. Rage, the blood of angry men. Black, the dark of ages past. Red, a world about to dawn. Black, a night that ends at last. And the another song is called That Hole is Much Too Small. Upset front, it hardly hurts at all. But that hole is much too small to pull my body through. But were you thinking, you big buffoon? From from the tune of "A Little Fall of Rain," that's the song that Eponine sings. Ah, it's her swan song. Don't you fret, Monsieur Marius. I don't feel any pain. A little fall of rain can hardly hurt me now. You're here. That's all I need to know. I see. Okay. Um, and then it says, uh, do you hear the poodles bark? Uh, where all the poodles come and dig them up and uh, dig them out of this kind of enclosure. And this says, Do you hear the people sing? So that's from that. I feel like that's a big song <laughs> from the news. Dig down, dig, dig, dig down. Dig down, dig deep, let me surround alone. Dig down, dig deep, to freedom through a tunnel. Is uh, from Look Down. And then bitten, bitten. <laughs> I like the title of this song. Bitten in the butt. Bitten in the butt, gardener for tear. Took a little nibble from the barrier. I will get you in, sand dog. You'll regret you bit me, chum. Oh, I am so irritated. I get bitten in the bum. <laughs> um, which is uh, a parody, or it goes to the tune of Master of the House. Master of the house, keeper of the zoo, ready to relieve a mother Sue or two. Water in the wine, making up the weight, picking up their knickknacks when they can't see straight. Everybody loves a landlord. Everybody's bosom friend. I do whatever pleases Jesus, damn, I'll bleed them in the end. 
And then, of course, we have Runt versus Camembert. To the tune of The Confrontation from The, the Miserable. And Nathan, that's a really big one. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a huge one. Nathan, you were showing me a clip the other day of uh, the, the folks from... Neil Patrick Harris and Jason Siegel singing at, I guess it was like inside the actor's studio or something. I don't even know what... Yeah, but they were able to get it just right, and they were... It was pretty crazy. Yeah, they're just like on the... Because apparently they did that all the time backstage. <laughs> they would just... Uh, they both realized that they loved Les Mis, so they just started doing the confrontation to each other. And so they can just do it at any time, like... Men like you can never change. But there is like you can never change. No, you know nothing Two, of four, my six, life. Oh, All I did was steal my My duty to the law. You have no right. You would need to go six, no Now before I see this justice, Jean Valjean is nothing now. I am decoming you the one thing that I really stuck out for me, the only other pop culture reference that really stuck out was the reference to Sweeney Todd. Uh, since all the cats are apparently going to get put into these pies, mm-hmm. uh, they, they reference like, oh my God, there's, we got a Sweeney Todd or something. And I would have never gotten that back in the 90s at yeah. all. Mm, I, I never even heard of Sweeney Todd until I saw Jersey Girl. Yeah, exactly. That's I was <laughs> going to say the musical with Johnny Depp. I was going to say Jersey Girl. <laughs> I know. I remember watching Jersey Girl and going, is this a real thing? <laughs> I know. I didn't think it was. <laughs> yeah. So, and then little did I know, like a couple of years, few, like what, four years later perhaps or something? There you go. Real thing with Johnny Depp. So, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Most people know about that thanks to Johnny Depp now. So, there we go. Well, what are again? I'm kind of in the dark about some of this stuff. I did notice one other possible thing, which is the 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 waiter Tristice, I think is how you pronounce his name. I don't know. I'm not very good at French pronunciations. Okay, but uh, he looked a lot uh, like John Cleese doing a, a French waiter kind of thing for Monty Python. Yeah, I could see that. And it was actually he was actually voiced by Jeff Bennett, who voiced. Uh, Furman Flaxseed on a previous episode. And did a really good <laughs> John Cleese. Exactly. Yeah. So to me, I was like, okay, maybe they were going for that, uh, that kind of character right there. Cause there's that famous scene in, of course, in, uh, Monty, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. It's just, uh, just one thin waffer. Th- it's a waffer mm-hmm. thin mint. And, uh. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly more. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, monsieur, a waffle thin mint. Nah. Oh, sir, it's only a tiny little thin one. A thumb full. Oh, sir. Hmm? It's only a waffle thin. Well, I couldn't make another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. Oh, sir, just, just one. Oh, just one. the one, sir. Bad things happen in that. So anyway, <laughs> but I love that. I love that as a kid. You, do you know what I'm talking about, Kelly, with meaning of life at all? No. It's an it's a, a very explosive uh, uh, movie, or at least that part is. <laughs> that part, yeah, yeah. So I need to see it. I've, I've really only seen the Holy Grail. That's uh, the one I just keep. I think that's over the best one. If you're just gonna see one, I would. Say. Yeah, you have to go for that. I would probably, you know, Life of Brian. A lot of people go for that one as their second mm-hmm. favorite. Uh, for me, I would, and a lot of people put Meaning of Life probably at the bottom. For for, for me, I kind of put that above Life of Brian just because. Uh, meaning of life just feels like a bunch of short sketches, kind of like, uh, the actual TV show. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it was their, their last film and, uh, very, very disgusting parts yes. to it. <laughs> so there you go. Yes. Uh, at least for that part, that's a very infamous scene right there. Those of you out there know what I'm talking about. 
Um, it's pretty gross. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but very funny. So yeah, tell me guys, what, what else do we, should we know about the, the, the Limizer animals? Because I mean, I guess it did have kind of, Kelly, you mentioned that the, it has kind of a, uh, bittersweet ending to mm-hmm. the original, uh, play and, uh, mm-hmm. musical. Um, I guess one kind of did too, which I never caught until today, like watching it, that they were going off to France. They're going mm-hmm. off to Paris. I'm sorry. Yeah. And their line is like, hopefully we'll have, we'll find shelter there. City of romance, we can drink a merry and dance. And with any luck, and all of my shelter tonight, give it a Like, they were running off like, yay, oh, they're so happy and they're running to Paris. And then they don't even know if they're going to get shelter. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, oh that's kind of like, okay, I hope they do. They could have. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I thought of, uh, similar to Lame is, uh, the whole Val Runt, he just stole a bone and in the Lame is, mm-hmm. he stole bread is what. Oh, okay. <laughs> All this for, uh, for, was it one loaf of bread, Kelly, or? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think it's just like, all this for a loaf of bread and. Ah, okay. He's been being chased the entire play just for this one loaf of bread. He's just like, I just. Ah. Well, he was actually paroled. He um he stole a loaf of bread and then was sentenced to prison. And then I want to say he tried to escape, or or maybe not. But I, um he ended up being there a really long time. And then he was finally paroled, but they have to give him a, a yellow card that says he's a you know former inmate. And so he couldn't get work. And so then he was kind of forced to steal again because he couldn't get a job and um make money legitimately. And he was starving. And uh-huh. um, so the play or, or the book uh, follows kind of what happens after all of that. Yeah. And this is just Runt just escapes yeah. <laughs> from the thing. Uh, still, all he did was steal a bone. Like. <laughs> uh, any any particular favorite segments or songs? Because I guess you could say basically for this is, is mostly songs. Like, Do you have a particular uh, parody song or segment that you really thought that was stands out for you as your favorite? I like Bitten in the Butt because <laughs> um, it really is a, a um, the tune is really really similar to Master of the House and which is about the uh, couple that owns a, an inn and basically how they cheat all their their uh, customers and um, it's it's always a fun catchy song and this did a really good job of taking that tune and applying new lyrics to it which are hysterical because Bitten in the Butt and um, <laughs> And then I love my flat and gay Paris, which is again Bernadette Peters' beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, mm. Always takes me back to when she was in Annie, mm-hmm. and um, and it was you know just a, a lovely rendition of of that song as well. Yeah, I agree, Nathan. What yeah. about you? I like the Runt versus Cannonbert, the uh, <laughs> confrontation song. I just like when they sing at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, just fun. It but makes me want to rewind it and listen to that part yeah. again and again. Apparently, Runt was saying that Camembert actually, the uh, Camembert stole the bone, not him. So apparently, Runt was framed. Yeah, that's right. There's it's a lot framed. of complexity going on in this. Like <laughs> you, don't, you don't get it unless you rewind it and watch it. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. Ha 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 ha. And uh, and for me, I just I, I I kind of liked number one that the little uh the Bernadette Peters uh, singing about Paris at the end. Uh, that tune gets, it, it's an earworm for me that just gets in my head on a loop sometimes. Um, but the other, the part for me that really sticks out is, uh, uh, I am definitely, <laughs> definitely, <laughs> yeah. And then the last, definitely. Who are you? I am definitely, I am definitely, I am definitely round Uh, always kind of cracks me up because I think that's cute. And uh, really, I mean, overall, this is probably just, uh, you know, my favorite Rita and Runt segment. I can't 
think of another Rita and Runt segment offhand that um you like it all that I really <laughs> like that much. And I think oh, as wow. the series well, I think as the series And you haven't even seen the musical. You'll you'll appreciate that's true. it so much yeah. more if you watch it. That's true. Um and I think so I, I it is my favorite Rita and Runt right now, uh and probably will uh remain that way. Um but I, I think that as the series goes on, I think the amount of Rita and Runt episodes really go down. Yeah. Um. I. I gosh. I want to say that, and I might be just grasping at memory straws right here. But I think they even reference like where's Rita and Runt like in a on a on a poster or something like that in like a future episode. Uh. Some of the listener experts out there, if I if I am. Somewhere close, you know what I'm talking about. And if you I'm, know, and if I'm totally off, I am totally off. Then you you're just not a big fan, like am, Joey. Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> they may have had problems getting Bernadette Peters to come in and do the voice. That's I mean, what I don't I'm know what her schedule was like back then. But if she was doing a show or something that she was in, um, you know, regularly, it may they may have had to cut back because of that potentially. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Um, so in Les Mis, I, I believe they sing the entire time. I don't think there's any. There's not that. There's not one time where they actually talk like normal. It's all <laughs> sing talk, right? Is that right, Kelly? Yeah, I, remember, I think so. in the in the movie they may do some talking, just a yeah. little bit. Mm-hmm. But the the musical, it's from start to finish, uh, completely <laughs> singing. So it's it's pretty fun to. But if, when you go to see it, or just just expect that. I had a friend text me once and uh-huh. just said. They sing the whole time, and I didn't even know what – that was all he sent me. I didn't know what he was talking about. So uh, I was watching Wreck-It Ralph, and it was like, he wrecks everything. Like, <laughs> um, So do, in the in the, um, in the the musical, do they have um, uh, British accents, like British Cockney accents like this one? Yes. From mm-hmm. Well, it depends on who's singing, but there are definitely Well, lovely with, ladies, yeah, definitely. That one, definitely. yeah. <laughs> definitely, they definitely have accents. That kind of that kind of bugged me. I don't know. I was like, aren't they supposed to be friends? And that, honestly, that's got to bug people in France more than anybody. I would think, like, to have people that are British sounding in your French musical. I don't know. Just just my thought right there. It happens all the time. Like I was playing Assassin's Creed, like a Unity or something like that, and everybody has a British accent. I'm like, where are the where are the French people? That's like uh Drew Barrymore in Ever After, which I love that movie, but it's in France and she does not have a French accent. Yeah, I remember that. Or say Kevin Costner in uh, Prince of Thieves. Which, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I didn't think twice of as a kid that Kevin Costner has no British accent until, uh, you know, Men in Tights had to point that out for me. And why should the people listen to you? Because, unlike some other Robin Hoods, I can speak with an English accent. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, a very sweet uh, segment. Any uh, any last thoughts on this before we start to wrap up this episode? No. No. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go to the last thing, which is the chase ending. Another quick, uh, you know, running up the tower to go away for the, uh, the, the episode. The Warners basically return to the water tower and they flip a, str- a switch, uh, out of, uh, from Wacko's gag bag. And the switch is flipped down. The escalator goes down from the tower. And escalator goes down the hole. <laughs> <laughs> and when Ralph, and then they go up the up the escalator into the tower, and of course Ralph has to chase them into the water tower for some unknown reason. Yeah, we, no one knows why. No one knows why. But when Ralph flips the switch to go up it, uh, an anvil falls on his head instead. And then the Warners do their signature look at the camera and shrug, <laughs> and then go in. So, uh, you know, and again, not much to say about this unless you guys have anything. Again, a nice, cute little ending right yeah. there. Um, that gag bag thing with, with Wacko, I was watching, I, I have yet to watch Le Miserable, but I, I have been watching, uh, more Marx Brothers films. And that gag bag, Harpo does have a bag in, uh, in one of the Marx Brothers films. Uh, I'm gonna probably mess it up right here. I think it's called Go West. Yeah, it's called Go West. And in that film, uh, Harpo's bringing out, various things from a, a big bag and everything. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So there you go. It's like the Animaniacs again. So there you go. Another connection, another connection to the Marx brothers, even that bag. So there we go. And at the end, they always say, I'm Yakko. I'm Wacko. I'm 
I'm cute. cute. So they've done that one at least once before. At least once before. So, okay. Well, before we start wrapping things up, it's that time. It's time for our water tower rating. So I'm going to ask you guys to give a water tower rating and your favorite. I'm going to say your favorite line of the entire episode. Okay. The one that stuck out the most for you. So who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay, Nathan, you go first. Okay. I'm going to give it. Three and a half. All right. Water towers. Why is that? Uh, I enjoyed both segments very much. Um, I, I almost gave it a four, but I, I, I guess just cause as a kid, I didn't know what lame is. So I think I didn't enjoy it as much as a kid, but now that I do know what lame is, I enjoyed it more. I don't know. It was, they're both <laughs> very fun. Um, I, and I think my favorite line was probably the, uh, PP. Uh, we go wee wee, and then the things they get away with <laughs> yes. in cartoons. <laughs> things they get away with cartoons these days. And Kelly, what about you? What is your rating? I'll give it four water towers, uh, cause I really, really liked Les Mis or Animals, and I thought the Picasso segment was also a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it three, uh, mainly because I'm not familiar with the, the Miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cute. Uh, uh, I, I did like the Pablo Picasso one. I kind of forgot about the Pablo Picasso one a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I do love, oh, Kelly, what's your favorite line? I got to get to that. What's your favorite line of the oh, whole one? Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to choose the lyric from Beating in the Butt, um, <laughs> where he goes, Got an awful tear, took a little nibble for my dairy year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is so funny. It gets in my head, so that one's kind of an earworm. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with, again, with three stars. And I think I'm going to say that uh, my favorite line is is the pee-pee on your smock. Because <laughs> that one is just, I don't know, it's so ridiculous and, and funny. So there we the, go. The, since the, or the things that we're finding funny in this episode do not make us very urbane. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Hello, listener. This is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Animania Cast, which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. Uh, okay, so here's the results of last week's poll. Hey there, this is uh, Jimmy. I'm, I'm filling in for the announcer guy here at the park to give you the... Uh, the, the Animaniacs uh, poll results. So, um, listeners were asked uh, which of these hashtag Animaniacs songs do you like the most? And uh, let's see here. 17% said the the, etic- the ed- 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 etiquette song. Um, the 21% uh, said the the Acme song. Twenty-nine uh, percent said, uh, "What are we?" But thirty-three uh, uh, percent said, "Let the anvils ring." So that—that's the winner. Let the anvils ring. And uh, hang on one second. Hey, hey uh, hot dog over here. I'm getting a hot dog right now. And, uh, yep, so let's see what the question is this week. And those were the results. Very interesting. Uh, so out of the, so out of those choices for best song, um, what do you guys think? Which is the best? Which is your, I guess you would say favorite, uh, the Acme song, the Etiquette song, What Are We, or Let the Anvils Ring? Which of those are your personal favorite out of those four? I think I like What Are We. Okay. It's just always been a fun, cute song, and I used to sing it a lot. Mm -hmm. Nathan? Yeah, I also voted for What Are We, just because it's just uh, kind of an earworm. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go with, uh, I I really do like What Are We, but I'm going to go with Let the Anvils Ring, just because, uh, I don't know, it's just been in my head a lot more (laughs) recently. It's it has nothing to do with the fact that we watched that one last week, right? Probably not, but uh, <laughs> that one's just, yeah, it probably is. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but we have a brand new poll. Ba, 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 ba. Yay. And Kermit Lil. <laughs> now this, 
We're all done. Fang- Nathan, stop flailing your arms. I'm sorry. Okay. No more fangirl <laughs> flailing. Okay. Uh, okay, I stopped. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> which of these? Here's the here's the question. Here we go. Serious, serious. Very serious. Animaniacs podcast. Which of these historical characters had the funniest appearance in Animaniacs? And we have three historic characters so far that we could really think of. We had Albert Einstein. Then we had Michelangelo. And today we had Pablo Picasso. Can I vote now? Uh, I know which one you're going to vote for, but you cannot tell officially (laughs) what your your answer is until next week. Yeah, people can find out. Yes. Yes. Or you can just listen to a previous episode and you'll probably know. (laughs) Um, So anyway, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up this week for the Animaniacast. Uh, Just a quick reminder out there for everyone to go on to iTunes and leave us a nice five star positive review. It's appreciated so much. And that's how people find us and learn about the great podcast. At least that's what I've been told. You know, yeah, I'm no expert. If we do another uh Contest, uh, you'd be entered in it. Oh, that's right. Did one? Yes, that's true. (laughs) If you ever ever do one, which I'm sure we will do one at some point in the again in the future, you'd be first in line for that. So get them in now. Yet, yet for that yet announced contest, (laughs) you'll be number one. Now I got I got some things that we can give away that uh, I think are Animaniacs related. I do. Just get in there or now, and then there you go. Get in. Vote early. Uh, so anyway, and also don't forget to share. You can also share your thoughts on episodes as well. Um, you can send us an email or an MP3, uh, to animaniacast at retrozap.com. Now I have a quick little thing right here that is actually from a, a, a person who actually did this. Oh, yes. And it's true. William Clark, one of our listeners sent us. Some audio. Well, technically, he sent us a video, but, you know, whatever. That's good enough. But there was audio with there, yes. the video. Yes, he did. <laughs> and that's what we're going to listen to right now. So here's William Clark. King Yakko was a great episode. It was filled to the brim with great jokes, well-written dialogue, and a great villain. Some great animation by Wang, and some really great watch of Mark's humor coming from Yakko. Thanks for letting me be on the podcast, guys. Still enjoying it to this day. There we go. Short and sweet right nice there. Sh- yeah. I, even night dog was in there, maybe? I, <laughs> I heard a dog barking. I don't know. Let's see. There's, William, what do you got right here? Any dog? I don't see. Well, I just I can't I play one. it again. It won't. Oh, it won't play oh, again. Okay. Oh, there it goes. Well written dialogue and a great villain. Some great animation oh. by Wang. I heard a dog. And some really great watch of Mark's humor coming from Yakko. <laughs> Thanks for letting me be on the podcast. <laughs> oh. Still enjoying it to this day. I think I still heard one, but. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, William. And, uh, of course, uh, any, you know, any comments, send them on all our way and we'll share them on the podcast. Uh, we also have, you can get in contact with us and some other listeners as well over at facebook.com slash animaniacast. We're on twitter.com slash animaniacast as well and retrozap.com slash animaniacast where you can see all of our previous episodes as well as Sometimes very thorough show notes <laughs> that we put on there. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, I even put some additional jokes in there from time to time. So there you go. So check those out. And of course, if you want to send us an email, it's animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap, there's tons of different podcasts on there that you should check out. To name yeah. just a few, there's Brews and Blasters. There's Skywalking Through Neverland. There's Techno Retro Dads. There's the Argcast and all your different geeky and nerdy and just general needs in, in general for entertainment <laughs> are all at retrozap.com. So check them out. And we will see you next week for a garage sale of the century. Oh, yeah. And West Side Pigeons. Another musical. Two musicals in a row. We're, okay, so that's your homework. Watch the, I, that's going to be my homework actually too. I'm going to have to watch. West Side, West Story, Side Story, which yeah. I've never seen all the way through. So that'll, oh, that'll wow. be, that'll be, that's mm, another good one. That'll be my homework. Okay. So <laughs> for, there, I think I was reading something recently cause I have to, I have to work this in. Uh-huh. Um, I think Steven Spielberg's want to do an adaptation of West Side Story. Really? 
music? Yeah, I I don't know if he'll ever get around to it. He he takes on way too many projects that he's capable of like doing all at one time. But yeah. he gets excited about stuff and buys the rights and things and, and then usually some other people will like uh direct them. But very uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well we'll talk more about that next week, perhaps. Maybe some news on that. Yeah, <laughs> um, cool. Well, for the Animaniacast, I'm Joey, and for Kelly and Nathan, good night, everybody. And I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That <laughs> will do it. <laughs> Kelly is the cute one. Oh, dang it. <laughs> this podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Definitely.